Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright everyone, welcome to the second episode of Season 2. Today I'm going to talk about um, my most anticipated movies of 2020. Well, movies and TV shows, there's a few TV shows in here. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of these movies, it's not necessarily that I'm looking forward to seeing them. It's more that I'm looking forward to the conversation around them. So I, uh, I'll have to specify which is which and, and all that. And then a lot of these, I tried to come up with some more off-the-beaten-path ones that, that maybe I won't see in theaters, but I'm definitely interested in. So I've marked the ones that I'm going to see in theaters, and I'll talk about those last. And so these these are really in no particular order. It's kind of just the order that I remembered that they would be a thing. And so the ones I I will be seeing and I'll probably be putting out reviews for will be at the end. But, um, but all the other ones are in no particular order. And then uh, I didn't mention two pretty bad movies from last year. So, these are in the worst category, and I can't believe I didn't think of these, because I know it was really struggling to find some of these, but, uh, but Captain Marvel was boring and completely unnecessary as of late to the, to the continuity of the MCU. I mean, it introduced Captain Marvel, but, I mean, I'm not happy about that, and this is nothing against Brie Larson or anything, it's just an unimaginably bland character and one of the most boring paint-by-numbers movies I've seen in a while. And really disappointing because I really want to like what Marvel puts out, but sometimes it just can't bring myself to do it. And then uh, Cats. Oh my god. How did I not talk about this movie? So first of all, just from the ads, uh, singing, dancing, not a huge fan of musicals in general, but then the character designs. Oh my god, what what happened here? Like these these are some of the most horrifying, like unintentionally horrifying things I've ever seen. And I know it's like the musical and that's how they look in the musical, but there's a certain thing where like a musical you can tell it's makeup. You can tell they're people in costumes and that makes sense. That's how you have to do it. It's theater. But when it's horrifically merged CG cats that are human-sized and have human body shapes, but then they have cat faces, and oh, God. I will never see this movie, nor did I, but still, I'm throwing it in there because the reaction it got, I can imagine, and it's the first movie to come with a software update. I don't know if you read about that, but... uh. Yeah, they released a patch for this movie to fix the CG after it was released in theaters because of what a shit show the production was. So that that alone, just the incompetence, it blows my mind. I can't believe this is a thing. So yeah, definitely the worst of the year. But I didn't see it, but I'm still putting it on there. Uh, I mean, to be fair, my worst list technically encompasses like like seven movies because I think there were four Disney live action remakes this year I think there was Dumbo there was The Lion King uh oh Maleficent 2 I guess it's not really a remake but uh there's Lady and the Tramp I swear there was one oh Aladdin yeah so yeah that's that's actually five so geez so yeah it encompasses a lot and that I haven't seen but it's just more 
for principal, and I think cats is kind of the same thing, where it's like, I just, no, this is the type of movie that I just, I can't do it. Anyway, Bill and Ted face the music. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I heard rumors about this for a while, and I'm surprised that it's actually materializing and that it's going to be a thing, but I'm definitely excited about it. And I remember when the announcement video for it was put out, it was uh, Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves, and they were standing at a spot in D.C., if I remember correctly, and it was, I had been there on a field trip a couple of weeks ago, and it's very similar to how my most recent field trip was to New York, and then, like, the next day, David Dobrik was there and was eating at a restaurant that we ate at, and I was like, what do you, come on, I was so close, imagine, imagine if we could have met Keanu Reeves, I would have lost my damn mind, but, uh, anyway, that's just, that's not relevant, it's just true, anyway, uh, the, the, this movie looks interesting, I will definitely go to see it, maybe not in the theater, but I I think it'll be really cool. I know I have to check out the second one before I see this one, which I have yet to do, but I have seen the first one, and I have a lot of fondness for it. It's a lot of fun, and it's one of my favorite, like, guilty pleasure kind of 80s movies. It's not great, but it's early Keanu Reeves, and it's, like, part teen comedy, part Back to the Future-style time travel epic, I don't know. It's a lot of fun, and I'm excited to see more from these characters, despite the fact that they're depressingly old. I mean, Keanu Reeves can still pull it off, but Alex Winters looks like... I don't know. He looks like he's been through a lot. So, I mean, we'll see how how that goes. Actually, similarly, this isn't for a while on my list, but Bad Boys for Life is kind of the same thing, where I have seen... Actually, in this case, I have seen both the first two movies. I watched them while we were in Massachusetts. But, uh, but yeah, if this is something more akin to the, the first movie, I think it'll be really good. A little lower budget, smaller scale, uh, I think that would be pretty cool. I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't think the trailers look great. I don't have super high hopes or expectations for this movie, but I think it could be fun in the way that, like, a Fast and the Furious movie is fun, because... It's like a guilty pleasure. I know it's not good, but I still enjoy watching it regardless of whether or not it's actually, you know, a well-made product. So I think that that could fill that similar sort of niche. And these are both movies that I just, man, does it make me sad to be like, they started and these people were so young and now they're so old and it just, ah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, actually, speaking of Fast and Furious... Apparently, Fast 9 is coming out. I, I, like, heard no word. I don't even think there's a poster. I don't think, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think that the official title was even revealed. And I know for the last one, well, for the last two, I guess, because I know The Rock is a, he's got a huge social media presence, so I wasn't necessarily paying attention to it, but I'm sure there was a lot of social media marketing for Hobbs and Shaw through that. And then... Uh, I definitely remember all the hype around Fast 8 with uh, Charlize Theron being in it and kind of the hook of Tom going bad. And I remember they did like these production vlogs and they showed like, we're doing an emphasis on real stunts, which kind of amounted to be like a load of bullshit. I mean, some of it, some of it, yeah, and some of it is impressive, but I mean, it's not like a Mission Impossible movie. It's, it's, you know, it's like one, one tier down from that. But but regardless, I do remember them doing a lot of behind-the-scenes videos leading up to that movie. So 
since I haven't seen a lot from it yet, I'm, I'm hesitant to really say much about it because I just don't know much about it. But I am going to be honest with you, I'm reaching my peak a little bit with this franchise. I mean, we're 10 in with this movie uh, and Hobbs and Shaw included. So that's just, that's a lot. And I know they're trying to develop other spinoffs and, and all kinds of stuff. There's an animated series on Netflix and I don't know if this was the type of franchise that was meant to sustain that level of exposure, but either way, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be much akin to what I was just saying about how it'll be like a guilty pleasure and not great, but still fun. That's what I'm hoping for. But I, it, it's starting to wear out its welcome a little bit. I think once we get to ten, let's just leave it on a nice even number and and put it to rest for a while. I think that might be in order, but I I will definitely still check it out. Uh, okay, let's see. Oh, you know what? Good lord. Hollywood really is out of ideas, guys. Uh, I mean, I know you probably know that, but all of these lists, it's just sequels and remakes, and there's like th- three original properties on here, which is fine. I just, and, and a lot of these are overdue sequels, like, okay, so the next one I wanted to talk about was Top Gun Maverick. And it looks really good. All the stunts look really cool. I love Tom Cruise, and I love that he's in this phase of his career that's not him being a psycho, weird Scientology guy and jumping on couches anymore. Um, I'm very enthusiastic about that, and I love when he's doing a new movie and there's a lead-up to all the stunts and the crazy stuff that he's pulled off. I really like him, and I really like a lot of his more recent output. But this is this is a, another overdue sequel that I'm just... I'm not sure how it'll shape up because I I like Top Gun fine. I didn't love it. I definitely don't have an, a, a huge desire to see a sequel, but I'll definitely still check this out. I don't know. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'd rather he do something original or if I'm being honest with you, I would rather uh, the next Mission Impossible movie be fast-tracked but be, because I love those movies. I, I'll have to do kind of a retrospective at some point throughout this year because man do I love those movies but but anyway I'll definitely still check it out I'm just I guess this list has made me realize only a few in that um, some of these overdue sequels I'm I don't know I'm not too hot on but I will definitely still definitely still see them uh no time to die this is one but I'm not necessarily excited to see but I am uh, excited to see the conversation about because I I don't see how this movie will not be a disaster. It was like starting at first to shape up to be something that I was going to be really excited for. The director was Danny Boyle at first, who is someone who I really like and I think could fit this material very well. And Remy Malik was cast and I was excited about that. And I was just hoping that this would be something unique and closer to to Spectre and Casino Royale than something like uh, uh oh not no not Spectre sorry something closer to Skyfall and Casino Royale than Spectre and Quantum of Solace but I know Daniel Craig doesn't want to do it anymore Danny Boyle was fired they brought in the writer I don't remember what she writ what she wrote but it was something really good but they brought her in to like punch up the dialogue or something and there's like a female James Bond maybe I I don't know I don't know what's going on with this movie it's going to be crazy but it'll definitely be something to see and 
if by some miracle they pull it off, I'd be really excited to see that. So for that reason, this has made the list. Uh, New Mutants, very similar situation. A very tumultuous production, delayed, and then delayed again, and then delayed indefinitely, and I was not expecting it to really ever come out, if I'm being honest with you. It just had gone quiet for so long that I really wasn't expecting anything to come of it. But then a couple days ago, the, the second trailer dropped, and I was really surprised. That was not something I saw coming, but... It looks, uh, it looks alright. It doesn't look horrible. It looks a little bland, I'm gonna be honest. I think that it's very similar to the first trailer and that it just looks kind of run-of-the-mill, like, discount Blumhouse. But it would be interesting to see, a, like, a different take on the superhero genre, and I like a lot of the actors in it. So it could be something, and as the final wheezy breath of the X-Men franchise before it dies and is reinvigorated by marvel studios i think it'll be certainly an interesting experiment so i am excited to see it definitely not a theater viewing though i'm not spending 12 dollars to go see this movie uh godzilla versus king kong this movie i'm actually very excited for uh i wish I should have read up a little bit more about it before I got on the mic because I, I wish I knew who was directing it. I I hope in my heart of hearts, I know it's not him, but I really wish it would be uh, the guy who directed Kong Skull Island. Really like that guy and his attitude in general towards what he puts out and the way he helmed Kong Skull Island. It was so colorful and energetic and the performances were great and I really enjoyed that movie. It was a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed it more than than the Godzilla movie prior to it. I didn't see the most recent Godzilla movie. It just looked, I don't know, it looked just like something I wouldn't really enjoy. So I I'd never, I never got to it. But I'm definitely still excited to see this movie. And I am surprised it's happening for a little while. It also seemed like something that had gone quiet. But I'm excited for a trailer. I'm excited for, for posters and more announcements and details. And this will definitely be a, a throwdown to, to see. Hopefully it turns out closer to like uh, Civil War than Batman vs. Superman or like Freddy vs. Jason. Like I'm hoping it it's a good versus movie rather than a, a bad one because these are really easy to mess up. I mean, Alien vs. Predator, AVP Requiem, that's even worse. So there's more bad examples I think that are than are good. Or than there are good, but... I hope, I really, really hope that this is a good example because I'm really looking forward to it and I think it has a lot of good potential to be really, really awesome. Uh, a Quiet Place? That's um, A Quiet Place Part 2, sorry. So this is a movie that I really didn't think needed a sequel and I don't really understand why. I know it was a bit of a sleeper hit and I know it definitely created a lot of conversation very similar to Bird Box, but... I I don't know. This is something that I'm a little intrigued by. The trailer, I thought, looked a little over dramatic and kind of pretentious. Or not pretentious, I guess that's not the right word. But, like, every freaking tr- horror trailer, it's like, you don't know these people. There's something worse. And then it's like, wah, wah, ah, And then it's the Quiet Place title card. That's kind of how I would summarize that trailer. 
Honestly, the stuff in the beginning of the trailer was what really excited me. The subtlety of that monster climbing out of the bus and then it just cuts. That was really well done. And if that sequence looks as good in the movie as it does in the trailer, I think that would definitely be a highlight of the film. But everything after that, I was just kind of confused as to where the sequel's going and as to what really is driving the plot. It's like that there are bad people, but I mean, yeah, I know that. And then I'm also hoping that that this movie can bring like some some sense to the rules of this world because I mean for the most part I understand it there are some things that just like logical things that I just can't get on board for and that that definitely bothered me about the first movie like why the frick you would have a baby after the apocalypse and how how they pulled that off without her making any sound especially when she gives birth in the movie when a monster is near and the monster doesn't hear it and murder her, that just, I, I just, I just can't buy that. I'm going to be honest with you. I just can't buy that. Especially because of what a tiny sound can happen. And then the monsters are just on you. They're just there. You hear them immediately in the movie. So, which also prompted me to ask, like, can they teleport or is there just so many of them? Because, like, they're always right there. There's no delay. Then things got really good hearing. So it's it's like, it just, the, chi- the child didn't cry. She didn't scream. It just, I, I can't get it to compute in my head. The, everything about that baby, it's just, ah. Uh, but but it, did, it didn't overall detract too much. There's still a lot of really great moments and images that I really appreciated in the movie. And I did like what a creative premise it is. And the ending was, was really good and... And I liked a lot of parts of it, minus the baby. I think everything with that, if you cut it out, it's just an instantaneously better film. But regardless, uh, I, d- I do hope that they clear out some of the rules of these monsters and that this film does end up taking a more interesting direction than it, than it is like it has been so far for me in the marketing. But uh, I'd definitely check it out at some point. I mean, I feel bad. I feel like I've been kind of like, it's like, oh, this is a movie that is coming out that I'll see. But like, <laughs> it, there's always a caveat where I'm like, but, uh, which kind of, you know what? That's kind of crazy because most of these, besides the one that, ones that I'll definitely check out in the theater, that's, that's part of it. That's kind of depressing. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> okay. So. Uh, DC movies. We're on to DC movies now. Wonder Woman 1984. Probably won't see it in the theater. I'm kind of interested in it. I didn't think the trailer was, like, very well cut together, but I did think a lot of the colors and a lot of the the story looked interesting. I'm disappointed that Steve Trevor's back, regardless of, of what the mechanic of that is. That's dumb. They should just leave him alone and move on to something else. But... Other than that, I think Pedro Pascal looks really good as Maxwell Lord. I think the action looks very colorful and cool. I'm excited to see whatever uh, occurs that leads up to her donning the Golden Eagle-style outfit or whatever. That looks interesting. I'm excited for all that. And Wonder Woman, I mean, say what you will about the ending. I think a lot of the, the first two acts is really, really good. And it's definitely... I'm going to say definitely the second best DC movie 
of recent years. I think Shazam's a little bit better than, than it, especially in how it sticks to landing. Like, that movie goes on a little long. It's not perfectly paced, but overall, I think I enjoy it more than Wonder Woman. But Wonder Woman's still definitely good. I'd throw it on before Man of Steel or Suicide Squad or Batman vs. Superman or Justice League. Like, there's a lot of movies that would definitely go behind it. So, I am excited to see the sequel, and I think it does look up, look to be very interesting. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it later, I assume. Birds of Prey, no. I'm not seeing it. I think it looks really, really bad, and I'm not interested in Harley Quinn. Th- this just, it it definitely is made for a particular audience, and that particular audience is not me. I am definitely, yeah, no. But Wonder Woman 84, I can see, I can see myself liking that. Uh, Doolittle is also something that I'm very interested in. That's definitely a red box movie. Uh, that's definitely like a folding laundry while you're watching a movie. But I'm so interested in this because it blows my mind that after Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. would go to this, which doesn't seem very commercially viable, which also had a very, very rough production. And it's just so interesting to me because there had to have been something about it that was unique that attracted him to it. Because it can't be like, this can't be a, like a, a check. This can't just be a check. Because there's no way that this is going to make much money. Like, if this made its budget back, I would be shocked. Because it's there's a lot of CG and, you know, I'm sure they paid a lot for Robert Downey Jr. So, like, I, I don't know, it just... It just blows my mind. I just can't, like, circle that square. So I'm very interested to see this, to see what about it interested Robert Downey Jr. I mean, it doesn't look bad. I think it looks, like, funny enough and interesting enough. It's just such an interesting and odd choice that I want to see, you know, what else is there. So, yeah, that's definitely definitely coming out this year and will be a thing. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, and apparently, speaking of... Of late, uh, late, like, like, overdue sequels, coming to the number two, America is coming out this year, apparently. I haven't heard anything about it, I haven't seen posters or any announcements, but I was going, I was scouring the internet for most anticipated 2020 lists, and this popped up, and I was like, is that actually a thing? If it is, that's very cool. I, I definitely need to see more about it to, to be able to judge it. But if you just give me that title and say there's a Coming to America sequel coming out, that does make me excited. I really enjoyed Coming to America when I saw it. It's probably one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies. And I don't think I've seen that many, but I think it's he's really funny and the premise is really good. I like, I mean, I just love the iconography of that movie. Like, the, the way it depicts New York is obviously not very favorable, but, like, the moment in time that captures is very interesting to, to go back to. And just the paradise that they make Zamunda look like. It's all really good, and it's really funny, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. So if there is a sequel in the works, legitimately, then I'll definitely be... I'll definitely be first in line to the red box to check it out. <laughs> it's definitely not a theater viewing, but I am excited for it. Uh, and then I'm going to run through my TV shows real quick. So these are, I guess these are technically not theater viewings either because I'm going to be watching them in my home. But The Mandalorian Season 2, the the very ending of that, of the first season is really good. I guess I should probably do a full review episode of it. I'm a little late to the party, you know, everybody else 
published theirs a while ago, but I binged the whole season in two days. Uh, the two days, like it, it had already all been released. So, you know, I was a little late anyway. But I'm definitely excited to see where this show goes. I love the characters. I love the world, the grunge and like dirtiness of it and just the story structure in general. This is what I want out of something like Rogue One or Solo that I don't think they fully deliver. And like the exploring the weird back corners of this crazy large universe and taking a diversion from the Skywalker saga and the main story. I love that. And I think that we need more of that in the Star Wars universe. And this delivered exactly what I wanted out of that. Now you probably gathered that I'm not a huge Star Wars fan and I'm no, I know this is blasphemy, but this is genuinely my favorite Star Wars thing. This is just, this is the kind of sci-fi that I like. And it's not perfect, but it's so enjoyable and I'm very excited to, to have more of it. So yeah, that's definitely up there in terms of my most anticipated for this, this year. Uh, and then also on Disney Plus, I guess Disney Plus is taking over Netflix and just gonna start kind of ruling the planet, and, uh, we're gonna be telling time based on release dates on that platform, but uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision are both set for release this year. Now, these are definitely not what I'm most excited for on this, this platform, God damn, just the stuff that not have release dates, is that what makes me most excited? Fuck, ah, Miss Marvel and Moon Knight, oh man, does that stuff look so good, and I'm so excited, like, those are characters that I have been dying to see on the big, or I guess it's kind of the small screen, but, but, you know what, on the screen, in general, for forever, and I'm so excited that they're finally coming, but I wish it was, it was sooner, I wish... Uh, but I guess it makes sense that they're kind of doing safe bets first, and then they're going to get into the mo- more esoteric and out there stuff later. I don't know. I, I would assume that's their strategy. Like, I'm I'm sure Falcon and the Winter Soldier are much more bankable than, than definitely than Moon Knight, but uh, maybe not Miss Marvel, but, but definitely than Moon Knight or like, uh, you know, it's just some guy that I've never heard of, and or it's these two who have been a pivotal part of the MCU thus far for the past decade. So I understand their strategy in that. What if though? Man, do I wish one if was coming out this year. I don't want to have to wait another year for that show. That is, oh man, I'm so excited for that. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. And based on the set photos and the posters and all the designs, it looks really awesome. It looks super comic booky. I'm excited to see Zemo take a more prominent role. He's been one of my favorite villains since he was introduced in Captain America Civil War, and I'm excited to see more of him because I was kind of nervous that we'd seen the last of him, but I'm hoping that this is building to some sort of Masters of Evil, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's what that is. And whatever, the, like, the League of Supervillains, I'm hoping that that's what this is building to in in the upcoming movies and TV shows. I think that's the way you follow up Thanos. If you're looking for like your end-all be-all villain, I don't think you're going to find it, but your end-all be-all villains? Now there's an idea. And DC's definitely not getting to it anytime soon. I think following Justice League, they probably would have wanted to, but after everything that went down with that movie, I don't think that's really their major priority right now. So I think Marvel should really sneak in and, and take that from 
and I think if Zemo's going to be a more prominent character, then we might be headed towards that, and that makes me really excited. Plus, he's going to get the mask, and that's that's just awesome. And then WandaVision, I haven't seen as much there. I don't think they've... Oh, wait, maybe they've started filming. I don't I don't know. I haven't been following that production as actively, but... I mean, it what it from what the sounds of it like what what it, what it looks like it seems very interesting and out there and like something I'd be really really interested in a sitcom with like a dark edge and weird sci-fi epic kind of brewing underneath of it that just sounds really really good and I love I love Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen they fill out their roles really well and I'm excited to see how we get Vision back after the events of Endgame and Infinity War. That's all going to be really interesting to see. So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and I'm excited to see more marketing and more details about it as we get closer to its release. Okay, people, we're on to the main event, the stuff that I will actually leave my house to see. These are in no particular order, but I think I'm going to save the best for last so we're gonna start with the two disney pixar i I think i think soul is pixar and i think onward is just regular disney regardless so excited to be seeing original disney stuff again i i've talked i've spent the entire list thus far talking about remakes and sequels and reboots and whatever the heck and I'm just so excited that we're going to see some original content from Disney this year because oh my god I might be wrong but I th- I don't think Disney released a single original thing last year wow that's like kind of depressing unless I'm wrong I might be wrong but I don't think I am I think it was all sequels. Jeez, that's crazy. Well, anyway, I'm very excited to see something more along the lines of Zootopia or Moana or uh, Big Hero. Oh, I guess that's technically based on a manga, but, but whatever. You get the point. I'm so excited to be seeing original stuff again. That's my favorite when Disney does that kind of thing. And Onward looks so funny and, and like such a unique and interesting concept that could be mine for like really a lot of creative value so i'm so excited to see that and i really like the cast and just the world that has been built even in just the posters and trailers looks great i'm so excited to to visit it in what march i think and then soul we don't quite know as much as about this but the teaser trailer really got me i am so excited to see it and i think it's going to be fantastic it just the creative output of Disney when they when they put their minds to doing something new, like Inside Out or, or Zootopia, those movies, fantastic. I'm so excited to see more like that. I can't wait. And um, I guess I'll hit up the Marvel stuff now. We have Eternals and Black Widow coming out this year. The Black Widow trailer didn't do a ton for me, but I am excited to see it, and I'm excited to see... Like, something I'm hoping it's more akin to the Winter Soldier than, like, I'm hoping it's a little more stripped down, I think is what I mean. And, 
less fantastical, just a solo story that doesn't really have much to do with the overarching narrative, and it's just like a cool, sleek spy thriller, and you kind of get in and out, and you can enjoy it on its own. I think that will be really, really cool if that's the approach they're taking, and it looks like it is. They're exploring some interesting characters that have yet to be introduced, and it's totally centric around Black Widow and her world, which is a corner of the Marvel Universe we haven't seen a a lot of, and so I'm excited about that. Especially because since I've been exploring Disney+, Plus, it's like, okay, I know there's all the big stuff, but then it's like, well, wait a minute, that's not bad, actually, because a lot of the big stuff I haven't seen in a while, or I haven't seen at all. Like, the Disney classics, I've never seen them. I've seen Beauty and the Beast, and I think that's it. So, I, you know, I obviously have a lot to catch up on, but even just stuff from when I was younger, like WALL-E or the Toy Story movies or Ratatouille, Monsters, Inc., that kind of stuff that I've seen, but not recently enough that I can remember it with a great degree of great degree of clarity. That kind of stuff I can go back and check out, too. And it's, it's very convenient. It's right there available for me to stream whenever I want it. And I think that's awesome. So, yeah, I, I've been taking that approach. I checked out WALL-E. I rewatched Inside Out. And then I've also rewatched The Winter Soldier, which I've definitely seen more recently than the other two. But regardless, that's not just the best Captain America movie. That is the best Marvel movie. Don't at me. I don't care. Like, if you disagree, you're wrong. I'm just kidding. But, But seriously, that movie is so good. It's better than I remembered it. Like, it is... Man, that movie is so good. I'll definitely have to review, like, a full review of it. Uh, sometime soon but anyway if this is similar to that i i definitely think it'll be really fun and eternals i love the cast i love the concept i'm excited to see more weird out there new characters to being introduced and like a movie that could totally embrace the jack kirby-ness of the marvel universe i think that's going to be awesome i'm so excited to, to check it out and the director looks really interesting when they pluck these indie movie uh, superstars from obscurity. I think a lot of times that is a great move and can lead to these people having really, really interesting films and great careers. So I'm excited to see them taking that approach again. And this movie, I think, will be really interesting. Uh, Yeah, I got those. Uh, Another sequel... But uh, Halloween Kills, whatever. It's a Halloween movie. I'm in. Uh, I like the last one. I love the original. It's definitely one of, if not my favorite horror movie of all time. And I'm excited to see more of this world, period. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. This movie surprised me with how excited I got about it. So the trailer and, and the premise and stuff, I was like, I don't know about this. It just kind of seems like Stranger Things, but with Ghostbusters, and then Finn Wolfhard was cast, and I was like, okay, this really seems like Stranger Things, but with Ghostbusters, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh no, this actually looks really fun, and they definitely downplayed the comedic elements, but I think that they'll definitely be present when the movie rolls around. I mean, Paul Rudd's in it, Finn Wolfhard's in it, like I said, and... I mean, first and foremost, the first Ghostbusters was definitely a comedy. So I think that'll definitely be in in this new 
new version, and I'm excited to see it. I really love the Ghostbusters, and just hearing that siren in the trailer, I was like, oh, I'm pumped. This is awesome. They got me. And uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to see it. And there's something, oh, they call it fate, call it destiny, whatever, that whole thing that was lifted right from the first movie. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. So yeah, I'm very excited for this. I think it looks really interesting, and it's got a lot of great shots. And and yeah, I love the Ghostbusters. So especially if you're continuing the world that was pre-established, I'm in. Uh, you know what? Let's keep rolling around the pseudo horror train. Uh, Candyman. So, produced by Jordan Peele. I wish I remember the director's name, but she's really interesting too. I'm excited to see this movie. You guys know, uh, regardless of how good or bad that bonus episode about Candyman and the production history may have been, I do love that movie. And I think it's a really great premise with really great performances, and it's got great music, it's got a great script, it's just overall fantastic. It's one of my favorite horror movies, and I am excited to see a new version of it. They, they're they saying they're angling for more of a gentrification-centered story, and I think that's an interesting way to go with this. So yeah, we don't know a ton about it yet, but I'm excited to see it sh- how it shapes up and I mean, I know he's only a producer, but if you slap Jordan Peele's name on it, I'm immediately interested. I really like the guy and pretty much everything he's ever done. So I'm very excited to see this. And then we're we are down to it. The top three. These are actually in a particular order. So I'll, I think we'll go Dune is number three. So I don't have a huge attachment to the book. I started it, never finished it, but... I, I liked it enough, I guess not enough to finish it, but I liked it enough. I know the original adaptation of this this book has an incredibly terrible reputation. I know a lot of people really, really hate that movie, so I'm, I haven't seen it, so, and, I, and I couldn't even attest to how much, it, you know, it, what service it does to the source material, but I'm excited that they're taking this approach because I think what we should be doing instead of remaking good stuff is remaking bad stuff. And I know, obviously, you don't have the same name recognition or branding that will get butts in seats, but, like, I mean, who cares? That doesn't even really matter at this point. At this, like, you know, now it's more about what you can shove on Hulu or Disney Plus or Netflix or Amazon. Like, there's a myriad of other places where this stuff can find an audience. And I think that when you take an idea, like, an idea that was really genuinely a good idea and that was just the potential of it was squandered by whatever circumstances bad writing bad direction studio interference whatever it was and you take it and you make it new and you make it good better and you actually follow through on the potential of an idea like that i think that's really really awesome and this is definitely source material that is ripe for some sort of film adaptation and i think that in the hands of neville Neuve, this he could make that sing like this this could be uh, like one of the best sci-fi movies ever i love denis villeneuve and i everything he's ever done is is so good arrival if you guys haven't seen arrival you need to get on that shit arrival is awesome it just came up recently in my math class weirdly we were talking about trigonometric ellipses and he was like isn't there some movie where they have like alien spaceships like this and my hand just shot up i was like arrival and then 
I mean, yeah, that probably makes me sound like a giant nerd, and yes, I am, but whatever. It did prompt me to go back and think, like, god damn, that movie is so good. I should watch that again. I have it. It's it's sitting on my shelf. I can totally pop it in and, and check it out again. It's a That's a really great movie. And so, yeah, if he takes that same sort of approach and, and you know, the same ideas and sensibilities that he took into that and Blade Runner 2049... I mean, this this could be fantastic, so I'm definitely excited to see it. And then, now this is a this is number two, but it's a close number two. Last Night in Soho. Edgar Wright is one of my favorite filmmakers working today. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like, no no joke, I love that movie so much. I watch it with uh, disturbing regularity. And, uh... I know I never actually got to my review of like my master cut of all his films. I know I said I would. You most of you've probably forgotten that and I probably shouldn't have brought it up again, but either way, that is still something I'm genuinely interested in and would like to get to at some point because I really like all of his movies and they're so entertaining and unique and it's just he's a really interesting filmmaker and I know I know it's so long gone, but God, do I wish we could have seen his version of Ant-Man. I know it's such, it's like, it's such a long gone dream, but still, he's a really great filmmaker, and I think his takes on a lot of different things are, are some of the most interesting and entertaining in Hollywood right now. So, when you come up to me with a title like Last Night in Soho, I'm like, okay, that sounds intriguing, and then you go, it's a psychological horror film, and I'm like, Mm, double intriguing and then you go directed by Edgar Wright I'm like get out of my way like where's the box office I need to buy my ticket right now that just that sounds amazing I'm really really excited to see this movie so yeah yeah definitely my number two and then my number one you guys you probably saw this coming already I talked about this trailer when it leaked I talked about it again in the last episode Tenet Tenet dude I love Christopher Nolan so much he might just be my favorite director, and I mean definitely my favorite director working in Hollywood today, but oh dude, I mean whatever his name is on, I'm in. I I would never have cared about Dunkirk, like I never would have seen that movie, but his name is attached to it, I saw it twice in theaters, like that movie is, ah, what what do you, come on, how do you not like Christopher Nolan? I, I don't know who I'm even talking to, hypothetical Chris Nolan detractor, but dude, Chris Nolan, he is so awesome. And it's not just Batman. It's everything he's ever done. The Prestige is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I love that movie. Inception, I mean, it's not really a hot take, but it's pretty good. Interstellar, it's not perfect, but damn, is that movie awesome and so thought-provoking and weird. Uh, I just watched Memento for the first time, and I definitely ought to talk about that. But, I mean... What a movie. Come on. I, he's so good. Like, ah, I love his movies so much. It's, uh, He's an amazing filmmaker. So, yeah. Trust me on this one. Tenet, it's going to be magic. I'm so excited to see it. And, I mean, I'm totally confused. I have no idea what it's going to be about. It. It's like, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it, but I can't quite. And it's just, it's got me so intrigued. So, I'm going to be first in line to see this movie opening night. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Wow. I need a
cool down. That's uh, that's everything. That's that's the year. That's everything I'm looking forward to. That's everything I'm going to check out in theaters. Almost all that guaranteed there's going to be a review of it. So, you you know, watch this space if you're interested in it and my thoughts particu- particularly on a lot of those movies. But, yeah, I think that's a pretty comprehensive list. Uh, but what do you think? What are you excited for? We're... What were some of your favorite and least favorite movies of last year? What's your most anticipated of this next year? Do you agree with me on Christopher Nolan? Uh, if you don't, please don't tell me. But but anyway, I'm just, just joking. Uh, tell me whatever. What do you think about him? Uh, if you want to do that, you can send me an email at moviesmorepod at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Instagram on the show's uh, account at moviesmorepod where I'll be posting updates on new episodes, when they go up, what to anticipate next, all that kind of stuff. Or if you want to see me personally on Instagram, I'm at geovandriolli1. That's where I post pictures of uh, sneakers and cities. That's about it. But sometimes you could get some song recommendations if you check my story. I don't know. But that's, that's, what, that's where all that will be located and more. So yeah, definitely check it out. And if you enjoy the show, rate, review, subscribe, you know the drill. You can do it right in an app. Takes a couple seconds and five-star rating and review. It just really helps us climb in, or us, I don't know why I said us, but me climb into the charts. And I really appreciate it. But you know what else I appreciate is you listening, as always. So thank you. Sorry this episode ran a little long, but I mean, we talked about uh, like 25 movies probably, maybe more. So I think think we did all right and i hope you do all right have a fantastic day and yeah thanks as always for listening uh clever outro here